0: Welcome to the American Pipeline podcast uh, presented by the Hockey News, BetMGM, and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens, and sitting virtually across me is Sydney Wolf from The Rink Live. Sydney, how you doing?
1: Doing really good. I feel like we have a lot of exciting news and exciting just things that have been happening in, happening in hockey. We have a lot of like scouting things happening, some tenders, some trades, a lot of like college hockey news. We got a little bit of everything today, honestly.
0: We sure do. I mean, we might as well just jump right into it with the NHL Central Scouting Midterm Rankings. Comes out every year, midway through the season. Um, obviously, there are going to be a ton of, of players uh, included in the Central Scouting... Uh, sorry, included in the American Pipeline. Um, speaking of which, obviously, Adam Fantelli, the second-ranked uh, North American skater. Uh, a lot more. Sydney, why don't you take us through a couple of the notable ones?
1: Yeah, I feel like everybody already knows bedard is just at, at the top he's of the another lowest, level yeah. uh obviously but then everybody else was kind of fun to just see how everybody was ranked it's usually done by north american skaters and then international skaters and and goaltenders and all that stuff uh adam Fantilli coming in at number two i feel like didn't really surprise anybody that seemed pretty expected as well uh but one prospect that's been having a really good week is will smith again a great name in hockey because i feel like that's just funny now, when I first heard of him, I kept thinking people were referring to the actor, but no, Will Smith, the hockey no. player. I guess that's just a good name to have if you're going to have like a good career in something. Good, strong name. Uh, but he came in at number three on the rankings, and he also played in the BioSteel All-American Games this past week, or game, I guess I should say. Uh, and he actually earned the the MVP of the game as well. He had a really pretty penalty shot goal. Uh, so he had a, he had a really big week. He's on that list at number three, which is cool to see, and then played really well in that game. Uh, and then there's just a lot of other, you know, national team players to be expected. Ryan Leonard coming in at number four, and then Oliver Moore, who I feel like is a prospect I've been hearing more and more people talk about over the past couple of months is, is coming in as well at, at number six. So quite a few national team players. And then Matthew Wood, who we've talked a little bit about, who's playing at UConn, is a really, really young player. He's at number eight. So those are just a couple of interesting uh, players in the top 10. There's a couple of Minnesota high school kids. If you go down the list and a couple of USHL guys as well, you can look at the whole list yourself if you want to go look at it. We don't have obviously enough time to talk about all the hundreds of, of prospects mentioned in the list, or anything like that, and I think a cool one too. Uh, I've heard a couple people say his name differently Adam Guyan, Guyan, uh, the Slovakian Gajan, goaltender, yeah. yeah, who's had such a good he was season, played great incredible. at the world juniors. I feel like not many people knew about him too much in the Null, but he had really good numbers and then got called up to the USHL, played in world juniors, and now he's on that list and he's on like everybody's radar, everybody knows him now, so that's kind of cool to see.
0: He got bounced in the quarterfinals of the World Juniors and was still named goaltender of the tournament. Like that goes to show
1: how good he was. That just stands for something. So that's a name I feel like a couple months ago, nobody was really paying attention to and he's just been making waves. So really cool to see just over the past month, like it's his name is kind of skyrocketed. And now a lot of people know him as a goaltender if, if you know a lot about prospects. So that's really cool to see.
0: Absolutely. All right. Moving on to uh, a couple newsworthy notes here. Zachary Morin, uh, was tendered with Youngstown of the USHL means he's likely to head, um, head down the NCAA path.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, a really big one that came out earlier this week because he's one of those Canadians who people weren't quite sure which way he was going to go. If he was going to do, you know, more of the major junior route, or if he was going to you know maybe do ushl and then ncaa and then they announced youngstown did that he tendered with them so that i'm sure means he's looking to play in the ushl likely next year and then uh play play some college hockey he's one of the top 07 birth years so he's still really really young but he's one of those guys who has a lot of hype also because he's really big he's only 15 and he's 6'2 170 so he's got really big size already which catches a lot of people's eyes uh I think he currently or he does currently play for Little Caesars, uh, the program here in America. But he's originally from Quebec, so he's Canadian and looks like he's choosing to play the NCAA route. So that was some big news earlier this week for a big prospect in the next couple of years.
0: Huge guy, like for a 15 year old. That's nuts. Um, all right. so. Yeah. Tanking is going to be a very interesting thing to watch in the in the NHL with Connor Bedard uh coming through the ranks, but that doesn't mean that it's not everywhere else uh in the hockey world, and specifically in the USHL, Madison uh has traded their yeah. top players. Uh they're basically just tanking. Let's take take us through that, Sydney.
1: Yeah, this was interesting when I saw this happen on Twitter the other day. I was uh a little confused, but I guess Madison is kind of just like we're just gonna end the season and it just is how it is. Because if you look at the standings, Madison, you could argue is the worst team in the USHL right now. They have the least amount of wins, they have the least amount of points uh in both conferences. And they just traded away Quinn Finley and Miko Matica. Arguably their two best players, both are drafted. Uh we've talked about both on on this podcast. So I think they're kind of just like, okay, well, I guess we'll get some some picks and We'll see what happens, but they're, they traded them away. And I was surprised by that because they're really high level prospects and uh, yeah, kind of a, a sad year. If you're a Madison fan after last year, making it all the way to the Clark cup finals and now just not having a great season.
0: It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, all right. Moving on from that tri city of the USHL has swapped one Latvian goalie out for another.
1: Yeah, this was also really recent news as well. Just a couple of big trades here happening as we near the springtime. Uh, and my Latvian is not great. So if I say these names wrong, I'm so sorry. I do not know how to say the, the Latvian names very well. But so the goalie that they had or one of the goalies that Tri-City had, uh, his last name was Mesargs, I believe is how you say it. Uh, he was He was kind of struggling. Uh, had about a 873 save percentage in 15 games so not exactly what you'd want to see at the USHL level so essentially what they did is they they traded him or sent him down to the NAHL the North American League and then pulled up uh Patricks Bursons up from the NAHL to the USHL and they're both from Latvia Latvia so they sort of traded one for the other and uh Bursons has a 0.917 in 15 games so he's had pretty good uh you know, stats there, but he's been playing in the Nall, which usually isn't as high level as the USHL. So we'll see how he does. Uh, but he did well in the World Junior Cup. He's a he's a World Junior Cup player. So we'll see how he does ad- adapting to the USHL level.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right. Moving on, we have Tristan Bros of Denver. He had a huge weekend, uh, four goals in one game, and also had a six point six points across the entire weekend. Um, what do you think of him?
1: Yeah, so this was an interesting one because I believe we talked about him a couple episodes ago when we were talking about, uh, I believe he's a Penguins prospect. Uh, He's a prospect who, to start his college career last year, didn't have a great start, to be honest with you. Uh, He kind of struggled a little bit uh, and played with Minnesota last year. And then after last year, announced he was transferring. So now he plays at Denver. And he's one of those players, people have kind of been just waiting to see if he's going to be able to get some of the production back he showed in the USHL, because he had a really, really strong year in the USHL. He was a second round draft pick. So really high level talent to be drafted that high. And this year for Denver, he took a few games to get, to get used to it. And now he's at almost a point per game. And then last weekend, four goals in one game, six point weekend. So I think he's starting to finally find his footing a little bit. in in the NCAA, which would be, Nice to see, uh, especially if you're a, a Penguins fan. I'm sure you're going to be really excited to see that he's starting to do really well and sort of find his footing in in college hockey and start to get some of the production back that we saw of his in in junior hockey, at least.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right. So both UConn and Sacred Heart, they have new ranks.
1: This is pretty cool. Yeah I just wanted to touch on this because whenever schools get you know new ranks it definitely ends up impacting things like recruiting because if you're a recruit you definitely want to go play at like a super nice new rank that just opened that always impacts recruiting and players going there so if you see uh, some players heading over to UConn and Sacred Heart or some bigger prospects going there that might be a reason why they both uh, have new ranks and that's going to be a big positive for both of those schools and then Also, just this past week, we had a lot of news of this on the Rink Live as well, uh, just because it's really close to us. But St. Thomas announced plans for a a new rink. I believe it's going to be for hockey, and it's also going to have basketball or something there like that, like a brand new facility. Because for those of you who don't know the newer program, St. Thomas, they're in their second year now of Division I hockey. They were previously just playing at St. Thomas Academy, which is a high school rink. So they've been playing in a high school rink this entire time. It's a pretty small rink and it's very, very cold. If you ask any of us Minnesotans, it's one of the coldest rinks in the state. It's freezing there. I'm always cold there. So it'll be really cool to see that they will have a new rink here in, in the next couple of years. So some cool news uh, for those schools. And hopefully it'll positively impact them and their, their hockey communities.
0: That'd be great. All right. Apparently. Now, this is this doesn't usually happen because goalies they wear you know total face masks and everything. But goalie Caden Mabarek Mabareko Mabreko, yeah, Mabereco. Mabereco. Tenders, yes, yeah. there we go. Um, apparently lost a few teeth when a puck hit him in the face mask. Uh, and he had to leave the game. That's it's pretty interesting considering he's a goaltender,
1: yeah. It's really weird. I feel like you obviously, as a goaltender, you get a lot of pucks coming towards you, but I feel like you don't often see them get like too many face injuries unless there's like a weird stick that somehow gets through or like, I don't know, really small stuff that can get through. But so this past weekend I was watching the game against St. Cloud state and I didn't even really see the shot, but after the play happened uh Barico who just got back from, from world juniors, you know, very, recently uh apparently took a shot to the face mask and he took it off and it looked really weird it's like he smiled at the bench so i assumed it was like a tooth thing because mm-hmm. he's like showing the trainer like i need to go so he just dropped his his stick and his his blocker and gloves and stuff down on the ice and just left so i was hoping he was going to be okay because that just sounds like it would be really painful and gross and i haven't been able to find a report of if, if it was one tooth or like two i've heard a couple different reports online uh, so hopefully he's okay that sounds very painful but he came back and played the next night so hopefully it was just like something they were able to fix and it wasn't too bad uh, hopefully because again that sounds really painful uh, and then just some other injury news too it sounds like another world juniors player Luke Middlestat, uh, is going to be I heard from my colleague Jess Myers from he talked about Bob Matsuko said that he's likely hurt for this weekend uh, because he took a, a big hit last weekend when they played Notre Dame. So hopefully that's nothing that's going to be too bad. Um, but it looks like he's going to be out at least for a little bit.
0: You would certainly hope, uh, hope it's not too serious. Um, all right. So the Hobie Baker uh, award list came out, uh, you know, potential favorites for this award. Uh, who are your favorites, I guess, for the Hobie Baker and also the Richter award uh, for gold top goaltender in the NCAA.
1: Yeah, so we talked about Richter Award last week, which it's a list that so many players are on, so I can't even, I'm not even going to go through. Same with the Hobie Baker Award list. There's a lot of players on there. We're not going to talk about all of them. We don't have time for that. Uh, But the Hobie Baker list came out today. I will say some people I'm sure were like, could Cooley win it this year? He's not on the list, actually, for the the one that came out today, surprisingly. Uh, I believe Fantilli is. But My favorites, I think, honestly, this year for the Hobie Baker Award are from Western Michigan, which I would have never predicted this past offseason because Jason Poland and Ryan McAllister have just been absolutely electric, tearing it up this year. Poland leads the nation in in goals, goals per game. He has 21 total goals, so he's at the top of that list. And then McAllister, who's this freshman that just had a great season last year, but I don't think anyone was expecting him to come in and tear it up as as soon as he did in college hockey – and he leads in points per game uh average with 1.62 per game. So I feel like one of them honestly are are kind of my favorites here heading into this because they've just both been really dominant this season. So if they can keep that up, that would be huge cuz I don't really know of anybody else that I see that I'm like, "Okay, I've seen this person, they've been really consistent." I don't know. There's there's a lot of names on the list and there's still quite a bit of hockey left to be played, so we'll see. But you can go online now, you can see the list of of players and you can Cast your vote for your favorite people if you want to go online and look at that. It just came out today, so it's a it's a fresh list, all that good stuff. And then uh the Richter Award from last week. My favorites, I think, for that is is gotta be there's a couple of different people. Obviously, there's still hockey left to be played. First of all, could Devin Levi repeat? Could he could he get it again? Maybe. Um, my comment to that is you know, Northeastern hasn't been as good, but Levi's still quite good he won with a 0.952 last year which was really high save percentage and 10 shutouts and he's not quite at that this year so we'll see but I still think he's a good candidate and then Quinnipiac this year Yaniv Peretz has been a really good goaltender he's been in the talks every year he's been in in college hockey so we'll see if he could get that this year he's at a 0.922 save percentage and I think he's got a he's got four shutouts so he's I think at the top of my list personally, but again, we still got uh, plenty of hockey left to be played, but both of those lists have come out. uh, And if you feel strongly about them one way or another uh, there's voting, you can tweet about your favorites, all that good stuff, but there's so many people to be considered.
0: Speaking of things you feel strongly about uh, Zindy, you got your team to watch of the week and it's Bowling Green.
1: Yeah. So I like to pick the teams that aren't like just the top teams because we already know we're already watching the top teams all the time. So I like to pick some some other teams that are like fun to talk about. So Bowling Green currently 24th in the pairwise. So if the tournament was today and they didn't win their conference tournament, they likely wouldn't they they wouldn't make it into the playoffs just based off of pairwise alone. But the thing is, they're currently sitting at the top of the CCHA standings, which is ahead of Michigan Tech. It's ahead of Minnesota State. Uh, so, they're ahead of everybody else in their conference right now. So, if they won that conference tournament, they'd be in the playoffs. And I think they're a team to start just talking about a little bit. They don't have a great record. They're 14 and 12, but again, they're at the top of their conference. Two of the losses were in overtime. So, that means they probably could have gone either way. Uh, they're just a really streaky team, though. If you look at their wins and losses, like they will win a bunch of games in a row, then they'll lose a, lo- a couple games in a row. Like, it just seems really back and forth like they're either on a win streak or they're on a lose streak it's not really just back and forth which is interesting to me uh Austin Swankler is is their leading scorer right now he's at over a point per game as a sophomore he's one of those interesting prospects that actually played in the OHL for a year which typically you don't go to NCAA then but he's one of those guys that that Came in somehow, uh, and then their goalie Christian Stover is a bigger guy, six foot four. So he's been turning some heads, and he's at a point nine seventeen save percentage. So pretty good there. So I just think they're a team to have in the back of our minds as we start heading into later later in the season and some teams that could be making a, a playoff push. And again, they're twenty fourth in the pair wise. So if they keep winning some games, they could put themselves in a better position. But they're at the top of their conference too, so that's a good thing.
0: Well, a team that just announced plans for a new rank also uh, is is taking a big step in in their sort of evolution as a hockey program at St. Thomas. They earned their first ever win over a ranked opponent uh this weekend. They beat Michigan, Ch- Michigan Tech. Uh, I don't know why that's a tongue twister there. Um 3-2. That's a big moment for them as as a young program like you were saying coming up.
1: Yeah, so they got that really good news about their their new rink is going to start to be, you know, built. They have plans for it now and all that stuff. And the men's team just earned their first ever win over a ranked opponent. So that's really big for them. Cool to see uh, that they're starting to see some success over some some bigger teams and some ranked teams. That's really cool to see. I know their, their women's team, too, had a couple of wins, which is nice to see. So they're starting to uh, do pretty good. And congrats on uh, a big win for the Tommies.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's go to the transfer portal, which is heating back up. It's it's kicking into kicking into gear here. Take us through some of those.
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to make a quick note of this. There's not any like big names in the transfer portal yet because it's still really early in the season. So people aren't just going to be tossing their names in there for no reason. Uh, but it is starting back up. I want to say there's like 10 players or so, give or take in the portal right now. I assume that's going to get to over 200 because last year there was... Quite a few. Uh, I think at this point, it's mostly just Ivy League seniors that are putting their names in the portal because Ivies don't typically allow graduate players to come back and, and use that fifth year that players have been using for that COVID year, that extra year of eligibility. So most of those, I think, are just players that are seniors and they're going, Well, I can't play here next year. So it's not like me saying I don't want to be on the team. It's that I can't play here. So I'm putting my name out there early. So hopefully. Coaches can uh, look at my stats and stuff, and hopefully I can find somewhere to land. But there's not really any big, like, huge names that have entered quite yet. But I'm sure as the next few weeks uh, go on and as team seasons start to end, as we get a little closer to, like, March and and that stuff, there's going to be a lot more names starting to get put in there.
0: Very cool. And finally, uh, some interesting news here. Um, Ryder Donovan, who was, uh, you know, he's, he's a prospect in Vegas's. Um, You know, he previously played with Wisconsin and was supposed to transfer to Vermont this year. He actually put a post out on social media um, saying about why he's not playing this year, why he's going to take a, take a year off, take a break. We don't really, we don't really see this happen very often. So uh, take us through this.
1: Yeah. I was just honestly glad to see him post something to see that he's, you know, still doing okay now and to just hear from him a little bit it was nice to see that on twitter but he made kind of a long post if you want to go read it it's on his twitter about how you know he doesn't really like to be super public about these things. But he just said he's struggling with some things off the ice. And, you know, we wanted to take, take a break from hockey this year. So super big props for that, because that must've been, you know, a hard decision to make, uh, as an athlete. And he previously played with Wisconsin and then he was in the transfer portal and I heard he was supposed to go to Vermont, but from his post, it sounded like he just stayed at Wisconsin this year and just did school, you know, Mm wasn't, wasn't on the hockey team. So he just did school And it sounds like his plan is to, to graduate in the spring. And he did say that he's planning to play somewhere in the fall. And he said, wherever that may be. So I'm not sure if he's looking to play, you know, collegiate level or try, try and do something else. We'll see, but it's just good, good to hear from him and uh, to read that post and to see that it looks like he's actually uh, planning on, on coming back and playing at some point in the, in the future. It's good just
0: to know that he's okay. That He's doing what's best for his health whether it's mental or physical or anything, um, you know, there's a like young people, They, especially in a position of his where he's, you know, he's a draft pick of a an NHL team. There's a lot of pressure on there. Yeah. Uh, they don't really pri- prioritize themselves. It's really nice to see him uh, see him do that. All right. The news is done. Let's go into our our uh, weekly breakdown of all the prospects in one NHL uh, prospects in the American pipeline in one NHL system. We're now at the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, who don't have quite as many um, <laughs> as 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 last week's. Uh, yeah, that was pretty nuts. But that was insane. They still have a couple, so let's go through them, uh, starting with Matthew Steinberg of Cornell.
1: Yeah, so we only have a couple of players, so we don't have to like rush. Nearly as quickly as we did last Thankfully, week, which is yeah. nice. Uh, but this player plays for Cornell. Uh, is at about a half a point per game, six six and thirteen. So decent production there. Is a senior uh, currently wearing the A. So looks like probably a good leader. Uh, six foot two, one hundred ninety five pounds. So pretty good size there. Forward from Halifax. Cornell actually didn't play during COVID like most of the Ivy's just didn't play during mm. that whole COVID year. So a lot of those players actually lost like a full year of games. So I actually feel kind of bad for some of these prospects that they kind of just missed out on that year. So technically he's only played like 3 seasons of hockey, but he's like a senior at the school. So he's kind of one of those players that I would maybe be looking in the transfer portal to because I don't think he would be able to do another season at Cornell. So maybe he'd be one of those players who's Going to try and play somewhere else for a year? We'll see. Um, I feel like that's what a lot of players in his position have been doing. Had a really good season last year, though, over a point per game, 29 29 points in 28 games, so that was good. He was one of those players, though, that went into college pretty young, too, so I feel like he shouldn't be in a rush to try and just, like, get to the pro level as quickly as possible, especially if there's a possibility of playing another season. Third-round pick back in 2019, uh, and his dad did play professionally. Uh, for Quebec and in the AHL for a while. So he does have some, you know, family history of successful hockey players. So that definitely uh, counts for something as well.
0: Very cool. All right. Now we're moving on to Andre Bulyaski, Bulyaski again, so many diff- difficult names. I-, I feel like as kids get older, they just decide to have m- way more difficult names here. Andre Bulyaski, I believe it is from, Vermont. well,
1: to be fair, he plays for Vermont, but he's from Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say I've I, my pronunciation with that name, I would not know, uh, but he's a, he's a big guy, six foot three center. So really good size there. Third round pick in 2021. Last year only appeared in three games, but had good USHL stats before that. Some really promising stats there. And currently has seven points in 22 games, which isn't like super good. It's not super flashy, but Vermont's been in some down years here lately. And hasn't been a a great team. So again, a player that has plenty of time left in college. So we'll see plenty of time to keep, keep on developing, keep on getting used to the NCAA, keep on making waves. And then hopefully by your final season, you're you're ready to make the jump to the pros.
0: All right. And then moving on to a bit of a family affair here. We got Taylor McCarr uh, from UMass, who you might recognize. You might recognize that last name as uh, Taylor McCarr's brother.
1: Yeah, so this player, I'm sure everybody goes, Oh, okay, yeah, like I, I totally know that name because yes, they are related. Uh they they are brothers. So this obviously isn't going to be Kale because Kale is like a crazy, you know, crazy talented player. You know, you can't really say enough stuff about Kale McCarr. But Taylor is doing pretty, pretty good as well. He's six foot three, so again, nice size there. Seventh round pick in 2021. He's got nine points in 19 games so far this year for UMass. He's only a sophomore though. So again, he's one of those players too. Got plenty of time still to keep developing. Last year had one point in 17 games, but freshmen in college, a lot of times just take that full first year to just get used to the, to the level of the NCAA and stuff like that. In the, before college for juniors, he played in the AJHL decent stats. He didn't have anything like too crazy, but pretty good numbers there. So, I I wouldn't try and ha- or I wouldn't want people to try and hold him up to the standards and be like oh he's gonna be like Kale or something like that because they're not not the same people they're not the same <laughs> players uh, but I think there is some 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 pros about him and we'll see how he does here in the in the next few years because he's still really young and has plenty of collegiate playing time ahead of him still
0: very cool All right then we got Sean Barrens Barrens again yeah he's yeah Barrens yeah Barrens there we go.
1: Yeah, so this is a uh, another World Junior Cup type player this year, had three points. So I c- picked up a couple former NTDP guy. Again, well, at least Colorado doesn't have as many as I think it was Chicago that had like every other player was a wasn't was a national team person. But Sean Barron's former NTDP guy, he was a second round pick, so pretty high back in 2021. Five foot ten defender. He's from Illinois. Uh, but he's really good. He's playing for a really good Denver squad. Obviously, they are reigning national champions in college hockey. And this year, again, they're still very highly ranked. They've been a top top five, top ten team here for most of the season. And he's the second highest scoring defender for Denver right now. So he's a good defenseman, and he also puts up uh, quite a few points as well. So I think he's going to be a really good prospect for people to watch if you're a fan of the Avs. And he currently is at 13 points in 19 games. So really good. And I think he's going to be a really promising player.
0: Very cool. All right. Uh, Moving on to Nick Leverman. That's a name I can pronounce.
1: Yeah, you got that one. Yeah. So this is a, this is a player from Notre Dame again, pretty good points production. It looks like the abs are just picking up a lot of players that don't have like crazy stats, but are pretty good, pretty decent overall stats, but nothing too flashy. Uh, So Leverman's in his fifth season of college hockey so I assume this is it for him because normally you can only do max five at this point because of the extra year he's captain of Notre Dame though so hopefully this is a guy that's going to be you know a a good leader a good guy in the locker room he's a five foot 11 defender from Minnesota and he's one of those guys where if you look at his stats it looks like he's consistently gotten better every year and just really done better with with points production and just with how he's played almost a point per game last year so he's really just gotten better and better And he's actually third overall on the team in points right now, which I think we talked about it last week and the week before. Notre Dame's had a really Mm up-and-down season. So just because he's not at a point per game, he's still one of the top players for Notre Dame just because they've had kind of a a weird season. But he's essentially their top defenseman, so another good defensive prospect for Colorado. Awesome. All
0: right. And then the penultimate name on this list is Colby Ambrosio, uh, Boston College, fourth-round pick in 2020.
1: Yeah, so junior at Boston College, he's had pretty consistently good statistics in college so far. I mean, he's one of Boston College's top five scorers this year. So that's nice to see almost at a point per game. Uh, scores both goals and also has a good amount of assists, so can do can do both pretty well. He is a bit on the smaller side, five foot nine. So I know some people don't like to see that, but it looks like the Avs have plenty of bigger guys. So I think it's okay if they have a couple of of shorter guys in their prospect pipeline. That's not going to affect them too much because they had quite a few, like six two, six three, six four guys. So five foot nine, so not the biggest, but that shouldn't be a big deal. And he's currently the third line center for Boston College, but putting up some really good points and and some good numbers this year.
0: Very cool. And then finally, we got Chris Romain from Omaha, the USHL.
1: Yeah, so this is the solo USHL uh, prospect here for the Avs, four points. They're all assists in 18 games so far. His dad is Mark. Uh, if anybody knows his, the last name at all, Mark Romain. Uh, he also played for Providence, which is where Chris is committed to. And then he also played in the AHL and ECHL. So some people might b- know that name, uh, but uh, otherwise he's a six foot right shot defender from Boston, six round pick uh, this past year. So still a really young prospect Committed to Providence, like I said, uh, he's only turning 19 this spring, so really young. We'll see if he decides to go to Providence for this upcoming year or if he waits another year because he can still play in juniors for another season. And he's currently a third-line defender for Omaha, so we'll see when he decides to make the jump to college, whether that's this upcoming season or the season after that. But uh, at this point in time, he's headed to, to Providence for college.
0: Cool. Well, he's, he's, he's young. Turning 19. Plenty of spring. Time. Yeah, yeah. So he's got he's got time. Um, all right. That rounds out the uh, the Colorado Avalanches American Pipeline, which means it rounds out our show. Uh, Sydney, thank you so much for for joining me to uh, check out our stuff at the rink live. Um, and uh, if you want to if you want to check out, you know, former past episodes of this podcast, any other podcast uh, uh, that the Hockey News likes to put out, we got a ton of them. Um, make sure to go to the hockey podcast slash uh, podcast. It'll be great. Sydney, thank you so much for joining me again. We'll I'll see you next week. And uh take care